Howdy folks, welcome to Sketchy Conversations with John Amelson IV. On today's episode, we're speaking with R&B singer Miss Gina Rose. We're talking about her influences, her appearances on Apollo Live and Showtime at the Apollo, and the differences between being a go-go artist and being an artist in a go-go band. So, how's it looking on the DMV? DMV, you know, it is what it is. Trying to maintain different day, you know, in this crazy world right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Oh, yeah. So, what's your musical background? Um, well, um, I mean, um, I've been singing for a long time. Um, you know, family always told me I started singing, like, at the age of three. And just been involved with a lot of things uh, musically all my life. Playing instruments, writing, songwriting, performing. Mm. Um, and then, you know, once I got older, I went, um... Well, I started at Morgan State. I was studying psychology, and then things happened. I had my son, and I said, you know what? Let me go back to school for something else I love, which is music. So I studied classical voice um, at the University of the District of Columbia. Got my bachelor's there. Um, and just from there, I've just been doing my own thing, you know, as a solo artist, um, even before I went to UDC to get my degree. But, um, you know, singing R&B, soul, and... That's, that's just me. That's what I do. Well, some of your stuff I've heard shades of Tina Marie and also a little bit of, I heard that one cover you did of um of that one Mother's Finest song, so a little Baby Jean in there too. Who are your biggest influences musically and vocally? Oh, oh, that's a great question. Um, Musically, I always break it down by like the women and the men. So my top female artists are Patti LaBelle, Tina Marie, Whitney Houston and Shaka Khan. Those are my my main influences right there. On the male side, it's definitely Michael Jackson and Luther Vandross. Cool. Those are my top. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yo, did you see Versus last week? Oh, what? Of course. Who do you think won? Uh, who do I think won? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. See, I don't like that question because I love both of them. <laughs> and I'm a, you know, Patty's in my top, you know? Oh, yeah. But, um... I don't know. Like, I love them both. Like, they're they're both different artists in their own regard. Totally. You know, just different styles, different, different, um, different music. So, that one's hard for me to choose. I can't. I can't pick. You know, that's the best answer because I kind of felt like we all won. It felt like this family. Yeah. You know, it felt like this family reunion, like through, <laughs> through Instagram, actually. You know. It did. It did. It definitely did. I was like laughing, smiling, screaming, singing, everything. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what's your what's your vocal range? My vocal range. Um. Well, I'm classified soprano. Mm. Um. And of course, soprano can be broken down. Um. You know, second soprano, first soprano. I am a first soprano, but I can sing down the alto range, of course, too. So. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you teach music too, right? I do. I do. How'd you get into teaching music? Um, mm, that's an interesting question. I, I don't know. You know, I was looking for a different job <laughs> back a, a couple years back. And um, I got a position teaching early ed um, music classes. So I did that for like two years, then got an opportunity to teach at a music school, um, Box to Rock Music School. And I started teaching voice, piano, early ed, um, glee club. So I did that for a few years. 
And then I got another opportunity, of course, presented to work for the public school system, which I'm in, and this is my um, my sixth year. So I'm teaching um, general music, you know, um, for kindergarten through fifth grade there. But I still also teach voice lessons um, and piano lessons on the side. Oh, cool. Uh, I asked because my mom was actually in Roberta Flack's uh, music class when, when my mom was in high school. No. Yeah, she'll never... Wow. Yeah, Roberta Flock will never admit it now, but yeah, she was a part of DC, you know, school system. Oh my gosh, so, that's amazing. Yeah, so exactly. So <laughs> I always thought it was kind of cool when, you know, mm-hmm. always that's kind of cool, cool crossover, right? Yeah. So definitely. But I've been following you on Twitter for a while, and I remember you being on Showtime Apollo. Well, Apollo Live. What was mm-hmm. that like? Um. Well, actually, you were right before you stopped yourself. I was on there twice. Oh, really? Yeah. The first time I went on there, it was Showtime. It was Showtime at the Apollo, the original one. Um, Nice. Yeah, I did that one. Um, And then, you know, when you do shows like that, there's you sign these contracts, so you really can't be on other shows for a couple of years or audition for any. So, yeah. So I waited, and then... um, they came up with Apollo Live, like the different spin on it. So I was like, okay. So at first I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And people were like, go ahead, just try it. So I did it, got won that audition, and and then I was on Apollo Live. So um, it was crazy. Both experiences were very crazy, very nerve wracking. Um, my main my main thought was just, please, audience, don't boo me <laughs> because I did not want the Sandman to come get me. Thank God they did not. Um, both times I was, I was good. Um, but it was awesome. You know, it, you meet new friends, um, connect with new people. Um, just the experience in itself, just, it just humbles you like to be a part of that and to be chosen for it, for things like that. It was oh, yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah, Cause you know, that Apollo audience, they will, they will break It's like, you know, <laughs> I'll put it this way, but the thing about that audience, right. Mm-hmm. If you're great, you're great. If you're yeah. not, they will break that delusion. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that's what I mean about the. You, you, it's humbling because you know I was on there twice and I've seen it happen twice. And in in um the when I was on which one was it? No, on Apollo Live, the person that went before me, I mean they were a little bit into their song and then they started booing them like crazy. Like I and I was going next. You know, I was like, oh my. God, like that feeling is just your nerves are just shook, you know. And then that one, that was the case where they started to judge you. First, it was just the audience, but then you had critiques from Gladys Knight, Dougie Fresh, and uh, Michael Bivens from, um, you know, New Edition. <laughs> yeah, and that was even worse, you know. So it was yes. like, oh my God, please don't boo me, people. Please. Exactly, because I'm like, yeah. listen, the Showtime, Showtime Apollo audience, they booed Lauren Hill and others, right? So I don't give a fuck about their opinion. Yes. So yeah. I'm like, what do y'all know? I'm more worried about these three right here. I mean, I looked up to these people. Yes. You know? Yes. So <laughs> I was like, fuck your opinion. I'm worried about what Gladys Knight has to say about me. Exactly. But you know, if you get booed, it's like, damn, you don't even get a chance to even to no. talk to them. No. You know? So I was like, oh my God. It, it was, it was wow. Like seeing people get booed and then seeing pe- the after effect of it, seeing those people that you've been talking to all day, you know, before the show and they're bawling, crying or breaking down, you know, because they got booed off. It's, it's just, 
it's a lot of emotions going on. Oh, totally. Absolutely. You know, shoot. This kind of reminds me a little bit like, it's kind of similar with with stand-up comics, right? They always felt like, you want to know if you're truly funny? Play a Black Knight. If you can get that one guy running up and down the aisles, that's when you know you're funny. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That Yeah, that's true. That's fact. That's fact. (laughs) So even though you're a solo artist, you know, you've mm-hmm. you've worked with and collaborated with other bands in the area. So what's the yeah. first band you've performed with? Oh, gosh. You know, when I thought about that, because you had asked me before, and I listed some, and I said, wait a minute, there was a band that I was with before the ones that I listed. And the very first band that I was a part of was a band called Mature Nature. And that was, like, the very first one. And it was cool. Um, you know, we did a few shows, and then, it kind of fizzled out. There was nothing that crazy that happened or anything like that. But um, yeah, it just kind of fizzled out. And the other female singer that they kind of brought into work, she actually ended up being my first um, manager, <laughs> which was crazy. Like she was like, I really don't want to be a singer. I really don't want to sing. That's not my thing. So it was, it kind of worked out for the best that way. Um, so yeah, that was the very first band, Mature Nature. All right. So what kind of, <laughs> so what just sound like? What kind of music? Um, It was exactly what the name was mature <laughs> type ah, songs gotcha. yeah r&b r&b soul um oh, yeah, yeah that was that was the main genre okay mm-hmm. one thing I f- that fascinates <laughs> me about you right all right if you're like an if you're like an artist in the area there's always going to be kind of a, some kind of go-go connection right mm-hmm. i wouldn't you know even would you say there's a difference between go-go artists and artists that happen to be involved in go-go Ooh, that's a good question. Hey, that's um, what I'm here for. Yeah, that's a good one. And it can be touchy too, depending on who, you know, people in their opinions. But, you know, this is Gina Rose's opinion. Um, yes, I believe so. Um, there are a lot of artists that are known superstars, you know, in the go-go world, go-go community. And, um, you know, they've been doing their thing for a long time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, also doing solo um things like you know creating their own songs and doing it on that kind of a level you know what i mean or that kind of a you know going that road or that route um is and i will put myself in the position like artists like me i am a singer songwriter you know indie artist but i've been in go-go bands and I've been told a lot of times, oh, you're not a go-go singer. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't know. Like if, when I first started try, trying it out, like, oh, you don't even know how to stay in the pocket. I'm like, well, you know, I'm, that's not what I'm used to, you know. But as a singer, you adapt and you get used to it. And, you know, eventually you get it. But, yeah, there, I think there is a difference. Totally, because I'm thinking like, all right, there are a lot of guitar players that are more on the rock side, so to speak. But mm-hmm. they're in go-go bands, you know. And it's a weird way to kind of get the chops up. Like, okay, for example, way back in the day, Jimi uh-huh. Hendrix, right? He worked at Chitlin oh. Circuit, you know? Yeah. And that's how he got his chops. Like, he was just James Marshall Hendrix and the other band that he was in. It was some, I forgot what it was called. Uh-huh. Point being, though, like, he got fired out. Allegedly, he got fired off stage with Little Richard, you know? He actually mm-hmm. kind of taught Ernie Isley how to play, you know, guitar a little bit. You know, that's uh-huh. why a lot of his albums had that kind of Hendrix feel. That's where he learned the stuff from. Right. So, right. You know, it's one of those things where, like, was Hendrix the R&B artist? Was he a funk artist? Was he a rock artist? The answer is yes. Right. So that's one thing I noticed a lot of artists don't really do as much. Like, they don't get their chops in other places to kind of bring in to help evolve their techniques. Right. Right. 
absolutely um and that's what can kind of get you stuck in you know those different worlds like you know i never want to be stuck in in one genre like at all you know so i'm open to yes i'm open to performing with go-go bands yes i'm open to performing with um a rock band yeah or whatever you know like i always want to make sure you know i my box lid is open you know and i can i can go wherever like i don't want to get stuck in in one thing that's the best attitude to have, you know, because I'm more of a rock guy actually. But I did, yeah, I did spend a little, spend a little time in a, you know, attending a go-go or a funk band, you know. So yeah. I did learn some stuff, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely teaches. It definitely um shows you new things, and I think we all do from the from the get-go. We all have our like main genre, you know, that we're attracted to or we're drawn to. And mine's is like yours is rock, and mine's is R&B, but. I went to school for classical voice, you know, I sing opera, I sing in German, Italian, French. So, you know, that's another side of me, but, but, you know, it's like R&B is my first love, of course, but, you know, just, I have those different sides to me that, that I'm proud of. Hmm. Speaking of, speaking of singing in foreign languages, are you like in any other genres out, any other musical genres outside of the U.S.? Um... Am I into any other genres? Like any kind of world music, like, you know, any other, like, like R&B, but it's like from like a different country. Oh, I mean, I love R&B from everywhere. Uh, whoever is singing, you know, it, music to me is just music. If it's good music, it's good music. And then it's like, oh, that's the kind of, that's what it is. You know, like, I'm, I, I love all music. If it's good and you're singing your face off to me and the lyrics are touching they you know they they're meaningful like that matters to me so i like to hear that you know yeah yeah all right so as a solo artist do you prefer to work you do do you prefer the studio or performing live oh gosh you know oh it's kind of even um it's kind of even to me i love the studio because I've been I've been recording in studios for years, not not even just for me, but as a songwriter, like I used to travel to Jersey and New York, like all the time to record um, uh, reference songs, reference tracks for artists and things like that. So I stay in the studio. I love working in the studio, but the there's nothing like live performances and seeing the audience, feeling the audience, you know, just a vibe into you like there's just nothing like that. So to me, they're kind of even that because they're both, they're both just great to me. Yeah. yeah. Shot in the dark. Are you familiar with the producer by the name of Judah or Tabari Fingal? Judah on the beat? Yeah. Yeah. I did a session with him like years ago, back in 2013 with, um, uh-huh. it was a song with that dude. Um, I think he's, he's in future band. I can't remember his name. Um, I'm not sure if it came out though. Uh-huh. I was wondering, and not though, because one of my favorite producers out of the area, you know. Uh huh. So yeah. Wow. So I remember you performed on Fox Five Morning News one time. What was that like? <laughs> was it any different than the Shelton Apollo or Apollo Live or whatever? It was the kind um, of feel like. Hmm. That was a being on the news is a different kind of feel. Um, I was on Fox Five a couple of times. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Shout out to Allison Seymour, who just left. Um, Micheline Bowman, who got me those opportunities. I thank her so much for that. Um, but yeah, being on the news is a little different because 
well, I, I say the, the, the nerves are still there, but this time you don't have that live audience. And it's really, really early in the morning, which means you have to really warm up those vocals <laughs> a lot more. Um, and then it's live, like anything can happen right there and everybody's watching, you know? So it's, it's, it's nerve wracking too, but I had so much fun, um, so much fun doing it. And I think a lot, going back to your question about like studio or live performance, I think that understanding how like technology works, the, you know, and things like that kind of helps you with your mic position, you know, all those kinds of things and live performance because you're still performing to the people watching. So you still have to give that interaction with the cameras, eye contact, you know, your stage presence matters. So I think all of it just, it just comes into play when you're up there, but, but it's, it's a fun experience. It, it definitely is. All right. Here's what I've been kind of benching on lately, right? Okay. Videos like opera, opera singer reacts or vocal coach reacts stuff. Right. And it's from totally uh -huh. different genres and they always have this, you know, they might have a critique or a nitpick or whatever. Right. But I feel like mm -hmm. it's like, what, that might be a technique, but that might be more to style though. But I was wondering, okay, speaking from a vocal coach's perspective, what's the difference between bad vocal technique and style? Hmm. <laughs> bad vocal technique and style. I think that uh, as a good singer, your yes, your technique matters. Um, you know, breathing, posture you know, all these other things that we have to be conscious of when we sing, but you have to be conscious of them while you're still being true to yourself as an artist. And I'll give you, I'll give an example because I, I love to give examples. Right. And this is just, it's more about me too, because this is it's something I did. So I auditioned for a lot of stuff. Right. And I hear a lot of singers doing a lot of like runs, right. A lot of riffs all the time. And I went, remember like when um, Diddy was making the band? Okay. So I went to that audition um, in New York and I heard a lot of singers riffing and running. So I said, oh God, you know, I think I need to do the same thing, right? Like, uh, you know, so it was my turn. We had to sing the song um, that he and uh, Keisha Cole did last night. I think that was the name of that song. I had to sing Keisha Cole's part and he, I sang it and I added a lot of riffs and runs to it. And the, um, you know, the producers, they stopped. They said, your voice is, is powerful by itself. You don't, you don't need to do all those riffs and runs. And I, you know, that ever since they said that, I said, okay. So I j they said, sing it again and sing it straight. So, you know, using a technique and all that, but still I'm being, I was being true to me because I'm not, a, I don't riff and run all throughout my songs like that. That's just never been me, but I try to conform in that moment, you know? And so, Going back to what you're asking, that may, made me say, okay, Gina, you're being true to yourself. You're in your own style, but you still know what you need to do to maintain your technique, you know, to get your point across in the song and get it across nice and strong. So that's just a little, a little thing that I, I will never, never forget. Like running and riffing is fine when it, when it's a good place to do it in, in the song, but I know for me and my, you know, who I am as an artist, that's just not me all the time. So I think it, it's a balance. You have to balance it out. 
I feel you. Because, alright, similar in the guitar realm, actually. Same uh -huh. idea, like, I always kind of hear certain guys that, to the untrained ear, they sound awesome, right? To me, they're overplaying. Uh -huh. But also, oh, on the other yeah. hand, it does sound pretty dope at the same time. But I was like, right. that wasn't necessary, but that was pretty cool, though. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's one of those things where sometimes it's good to play or suit to, or suit the song. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But still keeping your own personality with, you know, how you're playing your style. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 um, it's important. Oh yeah. Mm hmm. So what was your first album? My first, um, album, first project was an EP, um, called never felt this way. Um, when did I release that? Like 2006, I released that. Um, it's only a few songs on there, of course. Um, but you know, I had a great time doing it. Um, all the songs are produced by my friend, um, Shai Salam in Jersey. That's the one I always, you know, work with. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was fun doing that project. Um, I had a lot of fun, did a lot of promotion for it. Um, a lot of performances, <laughs> You know, and really, really pushed it. So that was that was fun. So what's your creative process when writing and stuff? Hmm. Good questions. Ah. Um creative process for me, different I have different ways. Um, a lot of songs I just I just have melodies that pop in my head and I'll just start writing lyrics to whatever I hear in my head and then say, Hey, you know, to a producer or whoever, like can you, I'm going to sing this and, you know, they will recreate or produce, you know, magically create, do their thing and make the music around what I wrote. The other process, of course, is getting, um, getting beats, listening to them, vibing on them, and then, you know, writing to the tracks. So, um, just different for me, um, you know, and, and stuff just pops in my head. I'll take out my phone and put in a notes or, you know, the little voice recorder. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's my go-to like, and just, just if I had something in my head, I just record it and, you know, figure out when to use it uh, later on. But yeah, definitely different ways. You ever like go through your voice memo app and find stuff like, Oh crap. I forgot I recorded this. Yes. You know, what's funny actually the post that I put out about coming on your show tonight, yeah. there's music underneath, right? Yeah, yeah, And that's an original from um, just a studio session that I had with um, my guys in Ambience Band, and it's an original song. And I, I was like, oh, my God. I know we're talking about bands and music tonight, so I just added that. I totally forgot it was in my, um, my notes. But, yeah, <laughs> all the time, all the time. Yeah, because I was going through some, some things. I was like... I was like, wait, it's either I get, I have two reactions, either, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I forgot I recorded that, and I recorded that? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody has that moment when they first hear themselves, you know, sing, playing an instrument, whatever, right? What was your reaction? Hearing myself, like, sing, or? Yeah, what was your, yeah. You mean, like? Like, how do you mean it, though? Like, no, I mean, like, when you're first starting out, you know, or studio, like, which one? Like, either or. Okay. Um, hmm. For studio, like, just hearing myself, like, played back, 
you know, like seeing your whole, or he, excuse me, like hearing your whole vision, like come to life is, is like amazing. Like, oh my God, like I wrote this and he understood what I wanted, what kind of sound, what kind of feel. And then to hear everything just play loud over those speakers, like booming, like that, that was just amazing to me the first time I ever recorded a song. Like, I just, I couldn't even stop smiling. And then you just play it over and over. That like, is an can awesome I get a feeling. copy of that? You know, I know it's not finished yet, but, you know. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I love, I love hearing, hearing stuff played back just, because I love, I love the creative process of it and that you created it, you know? You're yeah. not doing a cover song. You're not singing somebody else's stuff. Like, yeah. it's yours. So, oh, yeah. yeah, makes a difference. I remember when I first started playing guitar, right? And uh-huh. I was really interested in two things. Well, actually a few things. In this case, being music, animation, and filmmaking, right? Like, when I was 14 or 15, I wanted to be like the Black John Waters. Um, nice. Exactly, you know? Yeah. You know, like the kind of subversive dude. But, you know, it was kind of hard to be yeah. subversive then. Point being, though, um, especially with 14 or 15, you think everything gross is funny. So, mm-hmm. either way, I... <laughs> I stole a video camera, right? I didn't do anything uh-huh. weird with that. But what I did was, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, the story gets better. Um, okay, oh, God. <laughs> it's not as bad as the buildup, I'll put it that way. What happened was, I started playing guitar and everything, right? Uh-huh. And I have a tripod, and I have a guitar, and I have an amp. And mm-hmm. I don't know shit about tuning a guitar, but I think I'm doing something. <laughs> and then... Uh-huh. In my arrogance, I freaking take a bow because I think I actually did something. Oh my god! I don't. <laughs> so I can't remember what happened to, to the tape. Either I um, either I look back at it and was embarrassed, or I might have like tossed like a frisbee. Or the uh-huh. other thing was I can't remember if I did that or I recorded some of my buds basically reenacting stunts from that show Jackass. It was one or the other. Oh no! Um, so. <laughs> But the thing about it is, you know, over time, I started recording myself and everything, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you play back, okay, I'm getting better at it, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. So, I yeah. guess that's what I'm more meant by, like, when did you first hear yourself sing? Was it like, oh, my God, I can't believe I sound like that? Or like, oh, my God, I do sound like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the same thing. Like, you know, my first recording was, like, years ago, too, you know? And when I listen back from that, I'm like, oh, my God, like... Woo, you know, I've grown a lot vocally, just, you know. <laughs> so even like even knowing how to record in the studio. Yes. You know, there's just it's certain things that you you just learn over time too. So, you know, the quality is is much, much better now. But yeah, you're right. I do have those moments like, oh my God, like yeah. you know, and then I start thinking, I don't know if you do too, but like I'm like, dang, you know, if I did this over again, it would sound like ten times better or you know all the time. Yeah, yeah. I have those moments all the time, too. You know what helped kind of ease that, though? What? I realized that a lot of people, when they first hear it, though, they're going Mm -hmm. to think it's either great anyway, so they're not Mm -hmm. going to figure out certain mistakes or or whatever you fumbled up. They're not going to realize it because they think it's going to be a part of the song. Like... You know, like one of the favorite, my favorite moments was in that song, Roxanne by the Police, right? Somebody uh-huh. started too early to start laughing about it, and they kept yeah. that part in the song, you know? Mm. Same thing with Louie Louie, yeah. like by the Kingsman. Like, 
they were trying to find dirty lyrics in that song because they couldn't understand what they're saying. In fact, apparently <laughs> they were trying to imitate a patois, right? Because the guy rose yeah. like a Jamaican dude. So uh -huh. we're trying to find the dirty lyrics. But if you listen closely, you can hear the drummer drop an F-bomb when he drops a beat. He goes, fuck! <laughs> and oh nobody could figure out, that was the dirty lyric that nobody could figure out. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know what the guy said. We're looking for dirty lyrics. What? So that's a true story, you know? And they kept it in there? Yeah, nobody <laughs> could figure it out. They started to some guy go, fuck! Oh my goodness. <laughs> they thought he coughed or something. That's wild. Yeah. Oh so it's just, <laughs> I feel like it bring it puts the heart and soul into it though, you know, yeah. of recording, you yeah. know. So, yeah. so what studios, what studios do like working with in the area or in Jersey, you know? Um, well, I haven't been to Jersey to record in a while, but that was again with my guy. Um, his name is Shai Salam. I, I, I still do work with him, of course, whenever I need something. But I've worked with him for like years. I actually met him at like a um, you know, like those networking events. They used to have so many. Oh yeah. And um, it was like producer songwriter networking event in New York, and I met him there years ago, and we just vibe connected. And um, yes, yeah, so I used to go up to his studio all the time, but. Lately, um, I've really been working a lot with my friend, um, DJ Rico Anderson. And um, Rico is a, a DJ, of course, but he's a producer. He's produced for, um, oh gosh, I can't even think right now. Um, not, well, yeah, New Edition. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, um, he works with them a lot. Mike Bivens, um, he does a lot. He works with so many people. Like, but that's the first one that came to my head. But we've recorded... Um, some new songs for myself which i'm so excited about um also done some edm songs which is nice. different for me um so yeah we did about like three or four of those tracks um so yeah i've been working with rico very closely i've worked with him before but um you know how time just goes and you're just like oh, you know time passes and so now we're connected again so that's mainly who i've been um working with recording my new material in the studio. That's dope. So yeah. which kind of studio study do you prefer? Do you, prefer, do you have like an in-home setup or do you actually go to a straight up brick mortar studio? Um, we, yeah, we, I've gone to the, I'm going to the, the home setups um, right now, but I mean, brick and mortars are cool too, but I, I feel, I don't know about you. I feel more comfortable sometimes in the home studios. Yeah. It just, it's more comfortable for me. Um, but the brick and mortar is fine too, but it feels like it's so like on the clock. Nah, 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 you know? Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I'm trying to feel and do what I need to do, but it's like, oh crap. I gotta, you know, like I got to get out of here. Or somebody's, you know, but yeah. So home, home studio for right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Like mm -hmm. Same here. Like you know, like it's a weird thing, you know, because certain things I prefer to have. Like okay, when recording live drums, I prefer to have it like the brick and mortar thing. The only reason why because mm. I feel like they know what they're doing over there. Yeah. You know, but I'm trying yeah. to figure out how to record vocals better. You know, that's my mm. biggest thing I'm trying to learn because everything else I can just plug wow. in. You know. Keyboard, yeah. bass, guitar, just plug that in, no problem. Add the effects later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, hmm. but yeah, it's like half of my favorite albums, you know, they were recorded, actually, especially nowadays, they're more recorded, like, in somebody's, in, you know, in a band basement. Yep. And 
you wouldn't even know until you later know. on. Absolutely. Yeah. You would not know. And I, I love that though. You know, to hear to hear stories like that too. Oh yeah. It's just like, oh, for real? Like, you know, but I'm like, they it's true because even I like back in the day, like when I was first first started, I remember like recording in people's bathrooms with the foam, you know, and then in the closet, in the closet to drown out the sound. People, you know, regular people be like, What? But yeah, like the clothes will drown out the the extra sound, the extra noise. So all those types of different techniques and you know, that's studio techniques and things that that we do to make our songs come out, you know, the way they need to come out. So, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, like Stevie wonder, he would record and, um, he has recorded in a bathroom cause of the reverb. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I forgot which album though, but a lot of album in the seventies, he would record in the bathroom cause of, cause the acoustics in there. The acoustics, man. Yes. They are. They're serious in the bathroom. <laughs> oh yeah. The second one. Um, cause okay. The story is, also, uh-huh. Juicy J as well records in the bathroom as well. Like a lot of songs were recorded. He was in a hotel. He had a laptop. Just cut vocals yeah. there. Um, wow. The other one too, like um, shoot, I can't remember. Oh yeah, it was Snoop Dogg uh-huh. as well. He was in he was in the closet cutting tracks for, for dropping like it's hot. That's crazy. You know, like literally. So I just can't help but imagine like Snoop's like six four by the way, right? Right, right. So I just imagine <laughs> crouched down in a closet surrounded by ties and shit. <laughs> Oh my God. You know, and, <laughs> but it worked though. Nobody knew, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But th- look, it works though. Totally. You don't, have, you don't have no foam, you know, up on the wall or whatever. Like, Get in that closet, surround yourself by the clothes shoot. and, and sing your song or, you know, whatever, do your thing. Exactly. You know, <laughs> how'd yeah. you get into EDM though? Um, you know, I love, like I said, I love all kinds of music. I'm open to doing, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, DJ Rico Anderson, he came to me about, about doing some EDM, you know, songs. And I was like, really? That, that would be different for me, you know? And he, you know, he's, he's so good at like music history and just breaking things down and showing me different things. And he was just reminding me of, you know, like, um, like back in the day, like, like, um, oh, what's an example? Is it like CNC Music Factory or yeah. like groups like that that would have like those type of beats, but they would have like a powerful, like soulful type of singer. Yes. You know, singing over the tracks. Yeah. And I said, you're right. You know, so I said, all right, let, let's do it. So, so we did, you know, so I'm, I'm excited. This is, it's his project, but um, I, you know, I did a few songs on it, but I'm, I can't wait till, you know, he drops it. Um, you know, cause it was different for me, but, but it was definitely fun stacking so many vocals and just, you know, yeah, it was dope. Totally. You know, because, you know, here's the thing, one thing EDM, right. Uh I was like, you know, cause I put it this way. When I was like five, six years old, I love house music. Right. I love like stuff like that. I grew up listening to Z104. Right. So I remember there was a big complaint about, you know, there was this big complaint in the more traditional R&B, which is kind of redundant, too, because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of weird when people say, like, traditional R&B, right? I'm like, so here's the thing about it. When somebody says traditional R&B to me, I always think, so to sound a chubby checker, be more specific here. You know, because one person's R&B could be another person's Al Green, oh, another person's right. whatever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so that being yeah. said, so when people are complaining about, you know, oh, all these R&B artists are going pop, I'm like. 
No, they're doing what they did back in the like ninety seven and ninety six with like Labouche and shit or Hadaway. Yeah. Or yeah. C music factor like you mentioned too. So it's not really a big surprise. It's, if anything, it's a throwback. Right. You know? Shoot. Yep. Like, you know, there were roots, you know, there're black roots in techno, like it's starting in Detroit. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. with like Derek May, Kevin Saunders, with Derek May, Kevin Saunderson and Eric Ack no, Jeff mm -hmm. Atkins, you know. What the hell yeah. is Eric Atkins? No, I mean, Jeff Atkins and guys like that or like the house thing, you know, Frankie Knuckles and stuff. So, exactly. you yeah. know, is a need for like EDM to be reminded as almost like a little tap on the shoulder, you know. So you yeah. need that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Because I wouldn't even call this stuff out nowadays EDM. I'm like, this is not, I don't know what this is, but it sounds like, it sounds like a, it sounds like frat guy music actually to a four four beat, you know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it is, but it's some stuff I, I've getting into, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So what's on your playlist lately though? On my playlist lately, you know, I'm not even going to lie to you. I listen to old stuff all the time. I just, I'm, I'm with some of the new stuff. Um, you know, like certain artists, like, uh, like I like Janae Ioko. I like her vibe. Um, I love Tiana Taylor. Uh, I think she's dope. Um, you know, there's different artists. Her, um, you know, different artists that are out. But but I always just revert back to listening to my 90s. I'm a 90s girl. Like, I love 90s music. Um, you know, and then my old school stuff. Like, I'm just always vibing to, to those records. Like, I just, I can't help it. But, you know, I like, I like a lot of the new stuff. Yes, I do. But, um, I don't know. And a lot of the new hip-hop, too. You know, I like Drake. I like, you know, I like different people. But it's nothing like my Wu-Tang or, you know, stuff like that. Like, I'm definitely, I'm an R&B. Yes, I'm a singer and all, but I'm definitely a hip-hop head. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember when Drake was, you know, just Aubrey. You know, Aubrey Graham, actually. <laughs> right. You know, right. like, I used to, like, my sister and I used to watch Degrassi on, um, on noggin or something it. like yeah yeah we used to watch it I all the time watched it. it was you know it was a great show in fact my <laughs> sister has a picture with her and drake when they were yeah. actually when he was at a columbia mall and everything no and <laughs> the funniest thing about it is here's the deal the show was almost over like it was almost wrapped up filming right but it came yeah. down to the states so it's new to us you know yeah you know so <laughs> they wanted this tour of like we already did this uh you know i'm glad you like it you know and this is like right around like right before he released the mixtape and everything like Dang. and that's one here's the thing about drake actually i've always liked him oh. better as an actor than as a rapper like he's like my favorite senate live host oh my goodness like he's way that's interesting he's way funnier than i expected i'm like this guy's hilarious oh my gosh you know in yeah. fact I'll never forget the episode of Saturday Night Live when he made a nod to his uncle, Larry Graham. Uh-huh. You know, Keenan Thompson had to play him. I'm like, wow, they nailed it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But... <laughs> wow. Drake the actor. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, all right. Great. So, what do you think of, like, modern R&B now? Because, to me, it kind of feels like this isn't really R&B. This is, like, guys rapping softly. <laughs> Like, what happened to the Sangas? I'm, I'm used to them dudes. I'm like, 
Yeah, like, where's somebody that made me feel something? Make me want to call up an ex that doesn't exist in everything. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, yeah, don't do that. Like, like wait a minute, this is a figment of imagination everything. Who am I about to call up? <laughs> you know, so, like, okay, R&B-wise lately, I've really... Uh-huh. Okay, this one dude, um, that guy Sir, right? Yeah. That's my dude right there. I love that song, John Redcorn, you know? It's like my, I like him. It's my, I do. Yeah. I like him. I like. also like, Um, he just came to mind real quick, Anderson Pack. Oh, that's my I dude. He's very, yeah, he, he's so different. Like, I saw his, um, wow, what was it, the uh, Tiny Desk concert? Yes. Dude was playing the freaking drums and just, and sing. I was like, yo, he's dope as hell. So, yeah, I like him too. I like him too. He won me over because of three, because three reasons why he's first of uh-huh. all he's be kind of on the chubbier side when he's younger. He's like a uh-huh. punk rock kid from when he's in California, and he can mm-hmm. play drums and sing. So I'm like, okay, yes. you have my interest and attention, and he's yeah. dope. Yeah, that's hard as hell to do. First of all, yes, um, you know, but I mean, playing a, yeah, playing the drums and singing, woo. But yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's a different kind of dude. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely different. Wait. Yeah. Early in the interview, you mentioned you play an instrument, right? So what do you play? Yeah. Um, I play piano. I play keyboard. Oh, cool. I now, 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 now. I'm not a maestro <laughs> at all. But um, but yeah, um, I play piano. Um, back in the day, in school, I used to play violin and viola too, but. I, yeah, but I stopped. Um, yeah, I just gave it up. Um, but yeah, keyboard, I mean, piano was a requirement, though, as um, a classical voice major. You had to minor in piano. So um, I had to take it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's always a good skill to have because, like, yeah. I play a little bit of keyboards, just a little bit, like, but when I say okay. a little bit, I mean, like, I imp- incorrectly play block chords to just scratch an idea out okay so okay. it's that kind of deal so you know hey probably yeah. better than me you know i don't i mean listen i'm actually you know what one of the things that um one of my professors told me because she she knew she's like you know the piano is not my thing but she said as long as you know how to play chords you are gonna it's gonna take you far and i was like really you know but now i understand what she meant by that rest her soul um but yeah you know playing chords is you know and if and even if you look at like i post sometimes i post myself playing like keys and singing right but i am playing chords and just kind of embellishing a little bit in my own little way but but um yeah it's mostly chords yeah yeah i never really play the melody like that so Chords are important they are just like you literally (laughs) you need some kind of harmonic reference you know so there you go Yes, you do. You know, like when I do sing, actually, but you know, I have original. I, sing. Well, I'll put it this way: um, more or less, scream my head off. Actually, I don't. No. <laughs> but it's a technique what? to it, though. Well, there's certain songs in my band. You know, I don't really do it much anymore because, eh, uh-huh. you get a little older and stuff. You know, you still yeah. you feel kind of awkward. But when I do a little yeah. bit, like this one country side project I have, but it's like uh-huh. I've kind of a range of a song between Johnny Cash and a farting bullfrog. So when I do try to work with certain things, like uh-huh. I do try to get like, you know, I try to figure out what I'm doing though, but the chords help uh-huh. out immensely. Yeah. 
They do. They're they're a definite guy. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. They do help. Wow, that's awesome. No, I did not know that you she had some vocal chops. <sighs> I wouldn't call them chops, more or less like a dull <laughs> knife. But no. it, it gets an idea out, you know, I'll put it that way. Okay. That's you know? still that counts. True. That counts. True. You know. <laughs> so like yeah. all right, from a songwriter's perspective, have you have you ever like heard like a song and feel like, you know what, I like what they're doing, but if they did this, this and this, I'd probably enjoy it more. Hmm. Wow. I would say yes. Um more so for me, it's like, dang, I wish they would have added like this harmony there or you know, filled in this this space that that's just the playing the you know, that's just instrumental um section or added something. Like I always think of things like that. Like, you know, yeah. Just little things like that. Yeah, because I try to be, I try to, you know, be um, open and understanding that, you know, everyone, everyone that's, you know, performing, well, no, let me take that back because everybody doesn't write their own stuff. But the whoever wrote the music <laughs> yeah. was going for something there, you know, and I'm try, I try to respect that creative, cre- creative process. Oh, yeah. Creativity. Yeah. yeah, I do too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I admit, like, rap-wise, like, I put it this way. I'm kind of enjoying like this really aggressive, abrasive stuff coming out. Like it almost sounds like industrial to me, right? And Ooh. I feel like they kind of getting it right, but I feel like it's like you're almost there. You know, it's like do not stop this race, so to speak. You know. Uh huh. So like uh-huh. stuff like Scarlord, I appreciate. You know, or just one dude out of um Prince George's County Syringe, right? And he's like one uh-huh. of the pioneers of this guy. It's like this really abrasive rap stuff. He's uh-huh. like one of the dudes, so I'm like, wow, I didn't know it's from PG County, so. Hmm. Yeah. So speaking of playlists, what's the most surprising artist would be on there? I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I like all kinds of music, all kinds of genres, so I can have anything on there. Like, anything. <laughs> you know, um... I'm trying to think of an example. My gosh. Um. Oh gosh, I'll give you one. Okay, nobody may, may not think I listened to. Um, there's well, there's only this one song that I really love. Remember Jessica Simpson? <laughs> that song she used to have. When I'm with you, I can let my head down. I can do anything crazy. I know you catch me right before I hit the ground. That's like one of my favorite songs. I know nobody would be like, what? But yeah, it's it's one of my songs. I play that song on repeat. Yeah, I can see that. Like, can see <laughs> I can see that, you know, like you probably, did, you actually did a better version of what it sounds like. <laughs> Yo. Uh, thanks. You know, yeah, I love that song. Like, yeah, I love all kinds of different music all kinds yeah lately my uh-huh. obsession is a style out of like 80s japan right it's basically it sounds like american 80s boogie and stuff like that r&b like that uh-huh. but it's totally in japanese you know it's wow. like, and it's friggin' amazing like it's kind of like i put it this way uh-huh you know like i, I grew up on everything you know like yeah. in my in my household i grew up on everything i grew up on like from stuff from funkadelic james brown to Miles oh, yeah. Davis, to Alice Cooper a little bit, 
definitely yeah. Iggy and the Stooges and stuff like that, right? So there's no yeah. genre unturned, right? Yeah. So, but the thing about it is, I've always enjoyed like R and B, but I've always felt like there's something missing here, right? And mm -hmm. I just found out about this genre called like city pop, right? And uh -huh. what's called Japanese funk or something, right? And mm. this is one song that just kind of took over the internet by storm called Plastic Love by Maria Takeuchi, right? And uh -huh. that's like, you know, one of the songs I'm just like, it kind of stopped me by tracks, right? Mm. And it's one of those things where, you know. You know, I'm kind of getting into like really studying the history and like, and I didn't realize how many dope bass players come out of Japan. Like, whoa. Mm, oh, you know, overseas, they love, they love us. Like, yes. You know, <laughs> like, and there are some badass musicians overseas. Totally. Like, yeah. like, for example, like this one band called uh, Mother's Finest, right? Like they had like a better they have more of a they like a better career over in europe actually than here in the states you know exactly you know exactly and it's, it's sad because and even like i know you said like you know they're under like they're underrated yeah like, definitely like and that's why i was so drawn to mother's fans so i was like who is this one you know as a singer of course i'm like who is this woman yeah like singing like this it was it was like a mixture of like she gave me like like kind of uh tina turner and and just uh, it's something else, you know, like I was like, whoa, like I just I just loved Mother's Finest, man. They were just awesome to me. But yeah, like when I think about it, like 70s hard rock, you know, like, you know, I grew up on stuff like here's what here's the kind of music I grew up on. I grew up uh -huh. on stuff like black. I grew up on this weird mix of like Drew Hill, Black Sabbath. And it's okay. one rapper at Detroit named Isham the Unholy. So it's kind of a weird mixture. Like you, and also uh -huh. Commodore's Jesus Love. So if you hit my playlist, you never know what you're going to get. Right. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing about it is, you know, one thing about 70s hard rock I've always felt like, I've mm -hmm. always felt like there should be more black female lead singers. Like I've always imagined what mm -hmm. would it sound like if Tina Turner had like this straight out like heavy band behind her like Led Zeppelin. You know, oh my gosh. even though she did do a cover a whole lot of love, I always kind of felt like, no, no, I want to uh -huh. hear like the straight out, like her, like on top of Jimmy Page's guitar, like with, the, with them. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Ooh. So that's a, no, you're, you're right. That would be insane. Exactly. You know, oh like gosh. this is one project idea that I had, you know, but uh -huh. I, I admit I get kind of lazy with some stuff and like have some, of my, you know, oh black r&b or black you know rocker buds and everything you uh -huh. know they can like have the kind of vocals where they can like peel paint off of walls and stuff like that and yeah. just like redo these songs and stuff yeah so this is like one dream project of mine you know look you gotta put it in, you gotta put it put it together get it get the ball rolling <laughs> you know i got more time now actually you know shoot the way the world is right now Mm-hmm. so oh, yeah that's another thing too speaking of the way stuff's going on right now, it's like, how's that kind of affected, you know, like, what do you, what are your thoughts on bands going, wait, that's too controversial question, I might like, you know, let me phrase that, so like, how's that affected actually you, it's like, you know, you kind of like just kind of like, you know, well, the world's getting weird right now, so we just kind of, you know, cocoon and start writing some stuff, you know, that kind of deal, yeah. so you doing that lately? Um, it's been a little bit of both. Yes, when everything first started happening, definitely like just writing, um, 
you know, coming up with different things. I have some beats from, from Rico, you know, I've been writing to vibe into, and even before things got really, really crazy, you know, we were, we were in the studio, you know, recording and whatnot, but, um, after, you know, now that things are opening back up, still doing the same thing, but I have been performing. I did a few shows with, um, six in the system band. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Now I was definitely scared, you know, because of COVID, but um, definitely taking precaution, mask at all times, mask not off until I get in front of the microphone because I can't, I can't sing with the, with that mask on, no. you know, you know, but of course everyone's separated, but you know, it is very scary. Um, just, just being back out and even still, like I still am very cautious of, you know, that making sure I don't, you know, I'm not socializing, I'm sitting in my car, you know, until it's time to actually get on the stage, like, you know, or whatever, like, it's, it's been, it's a big change, definitely a big change, even, even in rehearsal, like, I've been posting some of my rehearsal clips, and I, you know, I have my mask on, so, you know, it's just, it's just a whole, it's, it's definitely affected a lot of things, um, music-wise, I know for a lot of performers, that's why everyone's trying to do these shows outside as much as they can right now while venues are still opened outside because you know at least that makes people feel like okay at least i can you know i'm not indoors or or whatever but uh yeah covid has definitely affected the entertainment industry as a whole totally you know definitely one thing i do kind of admire and i love the ingenuity of certain bands right so like Mm -hmm. okay since we can't since we you can't come to us we're going to come to you so they start uh-huh. streaming their sets and everything, you know? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's awesome. Um, we did one. We did one where we were raising money for um, people who, you know, were affected by COVID for the um, food pantry. So um, I did do that with um, Six in the System Van. Um, I thought, I think it's awesome. You know, people are tuning in. People are watching. Um, people are paying to get into certain shows online, which I think is, is really, really dope, you know, but, um, and, and it's like, dang, you know, there is respect still out, you know, out there for artists that are doing this. So I love it. I, I watch a lot of, um, a lot of the live stream. Well, Gina, great chatting with you. And, um, here. This was fun. so what are some projects that are out right now that you want us to check out? Um, well, I'll just say just, you know, I would I would love people to pay attention to my pages and stuff because, you know, I post everything on there. Um, you know, I'm I'm patiently waiting for the right time for this new music of mine to come out, but I want to make sure that I do it right. Um, I never want to rush anything, even though it seems like it takes forever, you know, but I want the rollout to be right. So, you know, I definitely want, you know, uh, people just to, you know, follow my pages. Um, I appreciate the support. Um, and that's it. Just, you know, whenever I post something, I would love it for them to come out. If it's, if it's safe, you know, um, and they feel comfortable doing so, I would love them to come to a show, um, you know, until things get better. But, um, I would say that's about it. Cool. So what's your social media? Um, social media. So, my website is gina-rose.com. That's the website. Okay. Um, they can find me on Instagram at Miss Gina Rose, M-S-G-I-N-A-R-O-S-E. Cool. Um, 
my Facebook fan page is Gina Rose Music. Um, I, I am on Twitter. I was on Twitter, but Twitter blocked me because of some the copyright things. I don't know, but I'm still trying to get that fixed, you guys. So okay. <laughs> whenever that gets fixed, I'll be back on there. But but yeah, mostly I'm on I'm on IG, Facebook, um, the website. You can hit me. Email grosemusic at gmail dot com. Um, and yeah. That's pretty much it. All right, great. Yeah. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Gina, for stopping by. Great to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. No thank problem. You, thank you. I appreciate it. This was so much fun. That was Miss Gina Rose. Check out her solo EP, Never Felt This Way, on Apple Music and wherever you can download music. And check out her website, www.gina-rose.com, for all her social media. Again, Check out her website, www.gina-rose.com for all the social media. Peace.